my parents believed in me and they taught me how to believe in myself. And I realized how important that was for me in my entire life. But what I, what I realized in that moment was that the actual gift that they gave me was the ability to, to believe in other people. Welcome to the Wellness Witch Podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Gladish, and I'm excited to take you on a journey to reclaiming and reconnecting to your magic, the magic of your health, your wealth, and your soul's purpose. As a woman's wellness coach and business mentor, I've been coaching women for over 15 years, helping them rediscover their innate abilities to heal, to transform, and to manifest their deepest desires. I'm excited to bring you a weekly dose of inspiration and information diving into the multifaceted approach of what it means to live to our fullest potential. Let's do this. This is a Soul Fire production. Welcome back, everybody. I hope your day is off to a beautiful start. I'm really excited to be interviewing Giovanni, who is the founder of Elemental Rhythm Breathwork. And if you've been tuning into the podcast for a while, you know that back in February, I was in Costa Rica attending the Elemental Rhythm Breathwork Facilitator Training. In fact, at the time that I am recording the intro for this episode, I hosted my very first breathwork class last night with 15 beautiful souls, and it was so amazing. Oh my God, it was so beautiful to be in that energy and to be guiding people through such a powerful experience with the power of their breath. I'm always so blown away by the power of breath work, and it has been very transformative for me. It's one of those practices where being a very busy body, you know, busy in my body and busy in my mind, I'm always thinking and ideas and all the things I got to do and all the stuff, and I'm sure many of you can probably relate to that. Breathwork has been one of those practices that gets me to fully and completely just release, just the most beautiful sense of calm and peace and groundedness. Like I really truly melt into the earth. And not only that, I have had profound psychedelic visions and experiences just from breath work. So I'm really excited to have Giovanni here today because we do chat about breath work, but Giovanni actually takes us through more of his story and he's a really great storyteller and I love listening to the story. The story is so powerful for me, you know, where somebody once was doing the things that they don't love to do and living a life that was not fully in alignment with, you know, where they wanted to go and who they wanted to become and all the obstacles that they went through along the way, how just synchronicities happen and just the timing of the universe, you know, brings you specific things at the right time, meeting the right people and how it just all unfolded for Geo and what that looked like and what, you know, how that all led him to diving into breath work and creating a program and, you know, his journeys with plant medicine, his discoveries about himself. And it's just a really beautiful story. And I'm sh sure that so many of us are going to see ourselves in his story and can really relate. So Giovanni is not only the founder of Elemental Rhythm Breathwork, but he is also the founder of Elemental Wellness Studio, which is located in Toronto. And he is the co-founder of the Personal Development School, 
among many other ventures. He is quite the entrepreneur. And after learning about breathwork from his teacher, Wim Hof, he continued to evolve his breathwork practice and he started curating his own experiences, which is what eventually evolved into elemental rhythm breathwork. So without further ado, let's dive in. Enjoy. Hi, Gio. Welcome to the Wellness Witch Podcast. Hey, Samantha. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. So before we dive in, can you share with our audience a little bit more about who you are and what you do? It's always a funny question. Like, who are you? It's a loaded it's, question. <laughs> you know, I, I ask myself all the time that, that question as I'm kind of working on myself. It's like, who am I really? Well, my dad, I got two kids. Um, I've been living in Costa Rica pretty much since the end of 2021. Um, initially from Toronto, um, an entrepreneur, have a few different businesses um, in the online world that um, has shifted in the last, you know, I guess most recent part of my life more into areas that I feel more aligned with more that, um, has purpose and is driven by like an intent intention. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's elemental rhythm breathwork. I'm founder of personal development school. Um, so I teach breathwork with a wellness student in Toronto and a few other fun projects that I'm involved in that maybe we'll get into in there. And, I guess like, who am I is I'm, I'm just a guy that's, you know, just trying to figure things out. And mm-hmm. and the answer that keeps coming to me is there's not much to really figure out. You know, it's just to kind of like be and be an observer and um, participate in life and just be a part of it and to enjoy it and to use it as an ability to learn and to just grow your awareness and understanding. Um, so I'm not sure who I am. You know, there's a lot of labels that I guess are put on me as things that I do and, you know, right. relationships that I have. Um, so it's an ever evolving question for me. And, um, yeah, I am no one and everyone all at once. I feel like, you know, that, that's kind of what the, the plant medicine is showing me, you know, yes, this, this unity kind of concept. So, um, yeah, I guess that's the best way I can answer that question. I love it. No, that's beautiful. So I would love to dive a little bit deeper into your story. You, you know, you're an entrepreneur, you run elemental rhythm breath work and you do all the things now, but obviously there's a journey that got you here. And I'd love to hear more about that. So I'm going to let you kind of take it away in terms of, you know, where you want to start, where you want to kick that off. Yeah. It's another great question. Uh, Just recently I've been really thinking, I think I finally decided at Rhythmia two weeks ago that I'm going to write a book or get, get a ghostwriter to write my story. (laughs) Amazing. Um, and I find it interesting. I don't know. Other people might think it's not so interesting, but uh, for me, there's like a lot of uh, lessons and growth of like trying to figure things out and, yeah. you know, going down a certain path that um, led me into different areas and places that I can now see how important it was. So I'll try to condense it um, a little bit. I was born uh, in Toronto area, grew up in, you know, like a middle class, upper middle class area, um, just North of Toronto. It was like 90% Italian. So, um, you know, very competitive, very, you know, people like, like to show off, you know, fancy cars and houses. And there's all kinds of those things that I guess come along with Italian communities. And, you know, if you watch the Sopranos, just growing up in a really interesting environment <laughs> where it's like a lot of hustle culture and a lot of like, you know, tough guy kind of thing. And, you know, I was a pretty smart kid growing up. I went to like this school that I really hated that was out of my regular school. And, just always trying to fit in and figure out. And, you know, I always had the support of my parents, which was a a blessing. And, um, 
know, they always kind of put me on this pedestal, like this kid's so smart and blah, blah, blah. And they just put on this huge expectation for me to succeed. And success then was like, go to business school or become a doctor or, you know, make money pretty much at the end of the day. It's like success right. is like money, net worth and self-worth is kind of tied in together. Right. And so, you know, there's this journey of like, just trying to be cool, trying to fit in, trying to be smart. I had like all different kinds of groups of friends that I would hang out with. And, um, after high school, I went to business school in Toronto called Schulich, uh, at York university. And I hated it. Like, um, my dad wanted me to be an accountant. So, you know, I was studying to be a CA and I remember getting my third year Canadian tax law book. And it was like this big, it felt like walking back in the winter time to my, the parking lot, which in the middle of nowhere to my crappy little Dodge neon. I'm just like, I cannot, I cannot do this. Like, this is not for me. And I remember like the, the book came out to $111, like on the dot. It was the first time I actually saw numbers and thought it was a sign. And it just flashed in my head. It's like, oh, I could really use it $111 for something else and not take accounting. And so I returned it and got my full refund. And from there, I kind of got into like marketing and I started my first business. I was always like hustling. Like I sold like insurance at 18 and I, I started uh, like a clothing line called Ryan Ginger. Always just creative, and but it was just this hustle. Like, oh, can I make money doing that? Like, there was no real connection or intention. I saw someone doing something. I was like, oh, they can make money doing that. I'm gonna try. And you know that kind of went on. I got I got into um, into work where I started off again in accounting at like a food manufacturing company. I quickly saw like the sales guys were making all the money, so I'm like, okay, like I'm gonna do that. So I got into sales and picked up some accounts and started selling, you know, food products down the Eastern seaboard, bakery items, like sugar, desserts, all that kind of stuff and go to food shows. And, you know, I started having my first kind of taste of success. I started making a little bit of money and, you know, I got married and, you know, I had a kid a second on the way. I had a, a nice car in the drive. I remember, you know, this is funny now that I do a lot of like work on manifestations. Like I, I, I had a nice car in the driveway. It was a BMW. It was a used one. And as I was cleaning out my closet, I found this picture of a printout from my computer from back when I was in university. And the exact same car, exact oh same model God. was on my driveway now. And I had this thing. I looked at it every day. It was, it was a 2003. I bought it like in 2007. But the 2003 model, they changed the BMW. And I was like, oh, it's so cool. And I'm kind of like sitting there just reflecting. And I'm like, I don't feel good. Mm-hmm. Like, like. Like I thought I'd be happier. Right. You know, I thought, I thought once I started making a little bit of money and had this comfort of a house, this and that, like that'll be it, you know? And I had this flash of this like daydream where I looked at my hands and I saw like the hands of my grandfather. It's kind of weird. Like he had this like, you know, very distinct old person hands. <laughs> and the thought that came to my mind was like, you figured out a way with all of your smarts to get really comfortable, to do something that makes you enough money. That's not a ton of hard work. And go on a couple of vacations a year and you're going to wake up one day and you're going to be old and you wake up on the same bed and your whole life is going to pass you by. And who really gives a shit? Like, who cares? Like, what, what would it really matter? You know, what would you have done in your life that is meaningful? And once I had this realization, I couldn't unrealize it. It was everywhere. Everything I did, I was just like, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? What is the point? What is the purpose? So then, you know, all these existential questions. And I start, you know, looking first I search Google is like, you know, what's the meaning of life? Of course, that's where everyone starts. I don't know what people did before Google was around, but that's what started the journey. And it led me to a bunch of different, um, interesting areas, um, looking into like all different philosophies, Stoic philosophy, Buddhism. I got my first tattoo around that time as well. And, um, 
my tattoo artist was a Hare Krishna. And I got into the Bhagavad Gita and reading about like those philosophies, became a vegetarian uh, shortly after that. and was a vegetarian for about 13 years. Um, and I was, I was, I was starting to understand a little bit more about these different philosophies growing up, you know, Catholic and having, you know, kind of one view and really questioning a lot of what I was told and taught. I was I always had a very skeptical mind. I always asked a lot of questions. Even I remember being up at night as a kid, like 10 years old, looking at the stars and wondering, you know, like something was calling me, you know, that was like, Hey man, there's, there's, there's more to it than meets the eye. Totally. And, and so as I'm kind of like asking these questions, I feel like I'm starting to understand. Uh, I'm on a YouTube video and I, I, I see this. Um, I'm watching Alan Watts and I see a comment. It's like, hey, if you think Alan Watts is interesting, Terrence McKenna will blow your mind. Never heard this name before, Terrence McKenna. So I Google search him or YouTube search him and just start listening. And from the first clip I saw, like he was such a poet and captivating and just drew me right in about psychedelics and about magic mushrooms and then about going down to the amazon and finding ayahuasca and i was just like whoa like okay there's something here this strong intuitive pull which i didn't even know what it was at the time it was just like you need to find this you need to find this and mm-hmm. you know i was watching netflix my wife at the time and the next day of course dmt the spirit molecule was like recommended for you i was like what is going on here <laughs> and so i watched that and i'm like okay like this is too crazy i tell my wife like i reach out to the uh, rick strassman who wrote the book and i said hey man like is there any more studies dmt like i want to volunteer he's like no there's nothing going around around the world oh, that i know of anyways and he would probably know if there was um, you should go check out ayahuasca and here's a guy that I know down in Brazil that's reputable and safe and blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, okay. So I reach out to this guy and then I try to tell my wife, okay, listen, I'm going to Brazil and be drinking a psychedelic brew. Um, you know, it's gonna be like a ceremony and she's like, are you insane? Like, have you lost your mind? And, and like, everyone thought I lost my mind. You're like, sure. this guy, this guy is just like, something's going on here. And so I go down and my first experience, I like have a death experience where I completely die and, and I'm reborn and disintegrated into like all these maggots and came up as grass through the, it was just the most incredible mind blowing experience. And we did four ceremonies over two weeks and each time was like this different kind of teaching and awareness. And it shifted my whole perspective. And I, and I started realizing all the things I've been reading was like, my ability to understand it was so surface level, although it made sense to me, like I got to embody some of those experiences. And right. after that, like I came back, so, okay, like I need to make some changes in my life. I didn't know what, but I started seeking to find other people that were, might have some answers or that were into similar things or something I could talk to. Cause no one that I knew knew about this is probably back like 2012, 2013. Right. No one I knew knew about ayahuasca. No one I knew knew about any of this stuff. Really. It was like, very foreign, but it started this, this journey and, you know, it led me to some really amazing places, a lot of challenges where, um, I joined a group that had a website at the time and I started doing a podcast for them and started meeting all these really cool people, uh, really interesting people like Wim Hof, and Gabor Mate and all the people that I was interested in. I would just reach out, Hey, can I do a podcast with you? And, um, around that same time, as I'm telling people about ayahuasca and my experience, I'm like having to like go through like the history, you know, how it was kind of like in some of the religions, how there's all this science done, what happened in the 60s, the war on drugs, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I started meeting people and I'm like, I should just make a documentary and share with people and talk to them after. So I decided to make a documentary about psychedelics called Psyched Out. And around that same time, I also met Wim Hof and, and we became friends and he invited me to the first training in, um, in LA and then the first facilitator certification in Colorado. And 
both of these kind of events really changed my life. Like making the documentary was a big, like coming out for me to speak openly about psychedelics. I was still afraid about like being judged sure. in business and being afraid about what people think of me. But I know it was so true. And it was in my heart was like, you shouldn't be afraid to speak about this stuff. And, right. and so I almost canceled like five times. I was making it. I don't like it. And I was making it better. And then I don't like it, but it was really this fear that was like, yeah, it's not that I don't like it. It's like, I'm afraid of being judged. I'm afraid of what's going to happen after this. The death. And, and I told one really interesting story uh, in the making of that. You know, there was this one facilitator that came you know, studied in Peru and he would come to Toronto every couple months. And I, 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 once I got here, I started figuring out where could I find this stuff. And someone put me on to this guy and I went to this retreat up in Northern Ontario. It's a beautiful house. And um, sat with him and drank the medicine and then invited him if he'd want to like be, do an interview for the the documentary. He said, of course, yeah, I'm here. This is the next time I'm here. So I got camera guy ready, went up there, shot this amazing interview and um, it was like so perfect. And, you know, then I was like, reach out to Gabor Mate and went to Vancouver to interview him. And, and he said, okay, there's a couple of people you got to interview. Like there's this one girl, Lisa in Toronto and this other girl in Boston, um, Mayong. Um, this Asian woman who had um, scleroderma and her story is pretty remarkable. And I'm like self-funding this thing. It probably cost me like 10 or 15 K to make the whole thing. And I'm like, For I sure. don't know if I can afford to go to Boston, but this girl's in Toronto, I'll meet her. So go, I finish up almost all the interviews and um, we're about to like really get into editing and I get to David's part and the whole file is corrupted. Like <gasps> no access, like can't even pull anything off. And I'm just like, oh, is this a sign? Am I not supposed to do this? Is this like you know, being ingenuous or disingenuous to the medicine, like all these questions come up. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to reach out. If, if it, if he says yes, then I'll do it. If he says like too bad, like I guess too bad. So I sent him an email. He's like, oh yeah, good. Perfect timing. I'm actually going to be in Toronto like this weekend. Uh, come. I'm like, oh shit. So I had no camera guy. I have a camera that I barely know how to use. And I just get in my car and I go up there. And it just so happens that half of like the people there were from the Toronto film uh, industry. And so like, Oh professional sound people are there camera set up like it was like so perfect and i do this interview and and um and it goes even better than the first one because i did the first one i knew and there's a couple questions i want to ask so like it was just yeah. so perfect and so afterwards i go into the kitchen and i'm just like having a drink maybe a snack and i start talking to this lady and i'm talking to her and we're having this conversation and as we're talking i'm asking her where she's from she's from boston and she's asian i look at her hands and she yeah. has like like the scars of scleroderma. And I'm like, are you Mayong? And she's like, yeah, how did you know? I'm like, well, this is going to sound crazy, but, and I tell the story and I'm like, would you like to be in this documentary? And she's like, absolutely. I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. And, oh my God, that's and she was one of the main stories in it. And it was like the medicine wanted her to be in it. And somehow the file on my card got corrupted at the perfect time to align all of this stuff. Like it blows my mind. It is and, so crazy. And I have all these synchronicities with plant medicine. And as I, I walk more of a life of purpose and intention, it's like things come together and things fall apart a lot. And as they're falling apart, I feel like, oh my God, what's going on? But it's always trying to realign for me. You know, and if I am able to surrender and trust that it's going to realign in a better way than it is right now, usually something amazing happens. And I have so many examples in my life of how this has happened. And so, so we did that and it was great. I ended up meeting all these people that reached out to me and got invited to be advisors on psychedelic companies years later, which I never even thought was going to be a thing. And oh it just opened this like amazing kind of reciprocity, you know, like I was just kind of making that to kind of share with people. And then I got back so much more like connections and friends and all these things. And with the Wim Hof thing, you know, like 
So wait, uh, hold on. Did you mm-hmm. ever release the documentary? Yeah, it's it's on uh, YouTube. It's oh um, my god, it's got a few hundred thousand views. It's on Amazon. It's on Gaia TV. It's like it got out there, you know. And it wasn't really pushing it. It was just like organically put it out there, and then like things started happening. So that is wild. Okay, I never knew that. I'm so searching. Check it out. Right check after. it out. Yeah. Um, and in that documentary, I got to work with one of like when I started my journey, someone who went into spirit science, which was like a cartoon about like sacred geometry and crystals and all these things were new to me. And I watched and it was like, this is amazing. And then I ended up connecting with that guy who did the animation for the documentary after. Cause in the beginning, I always wanted to meet this guy. Like when I was in that stage, I reached out to him, some emails and nothing. And then I was able to meet him and work with him on this documentary. So it all came like full circle in an amazing way. It's wild. Yeah. And then like the Wim Hof thing was like, he's like, yeah, come do the training. I'm like, okay. So how did you get connected with him initially? So was, uh, we used to have these like groups. So when, when I was, when I was trying to find people that I can connect with, I would have these little meetings where we'd have like uh, four weekly meetings and we'd go through like the mind, the body, we have talks, open discussions, some guest speakers. And, um, I was always looking for content to share, like cool things that are kind of out of the realm, like on the fringe. And I, I find this guy and I'm like, show my wife, like this guy's the coolest guy I've ever seen. Like it's crazy. <laughs> and I love it. Cause I'm, I'm an intense person. I love intensity. And I'm like, I'm going to meet this guy one day. And she's like, yeah, okay. Like, you know, this guy's on like these documentaries, National Geographic, all this kind of crazy stuff. And mm-hmm. So I just randomly reach out to him and say, hey, like, I'd love to feature the podcast. I'd love to send people, tell more people about what you're doing. And we just started talking. This is before he was super famous. So I think it was the right time to connect. Yeah. And he just invited me after the interview. He's like, come and do the training. Like, come. And so I went to the first weekend in LA. It was like my first real ice bath. I did some breathing. Felt cool. You know, I was like, oh, whatever. This is fun. Did like an interview there came back and he's like, yeah, you have to come to the week long training, like to get your certification. I'm like, okay. So I'm practicing a little bit and, um, we go to Colorado and I find myself in this beautiful cabin up in in the woods, the mountains of Colorado with about 30 or 40 other of these first kind of inaugural group, Mm -hmm. um, mainly men, you know, probably like 80%, 85% men and uh, a bunch of women, the rest. And there's a lot of very competitive people. It seemed like, you know, and right. And at the time, you know, I'm trying to grow my podcast. My ego is still kind of half in control or maybe more in control than I would like to believe the time where it's like, oh, it's going to be a great opportunity to take a picture for your Instagram with whim and your shorts and all these followers. I'm just like, yeah, that'll be cool. And so I get there, going around the circle, people are sharing their stories of like healing addiction, healing depression, transforming physical ailments, like all the craziest stuff you can imagine. And I'm just like blown away by like how powerful, like I hadn't really realized that the power of these practices and it comes to me and I just kind of share like I feel a bit like an imposter. I don't really know what I'm doing here, you know, but I thought it'd just be cool to experience and you know I want to take a picture with women. And we had a good laugh about that. And at least um, you were honest. Yeah. And so and so during the week, you know, we're jumping into these rivers and lakes. And it was crazy. Like and you know, you're in a frozen lake and and no one wants to be the first one out. So like, we're just in there waiting for someone to like get out. And like, I remember walking back from that, it was like a, an hour walk and I couldn't feel my toes, probably half my foot for like two hours. I thought like, buddy, you did it now. Like, good job. You know, you, you're going to have to cut off your foot, you know, like go, you're going to have to explain this to your wife when you get back, like how stupid you are. Um, so anyway, so Towards the end of the week, he leads us on this deeper breathwork journey where he's just like, okay, I'm just going to lead you guys, follow my lead and just breathe. That's okay. I'm going to do it. I'm going to go as deep as I can. I start breathing, 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 breathing. All of a sudden I like lose consciousness, have an out-body experience. I don't know how to describe it, but I'm floating at the top of the room. I'm looking down and, and seeing myself and seeing all these people and kind of like 
did I just die? What's going on? Like this fear kind of like gripped me and I snapped back into my body and I feel like I'm reborn, like a baby. It's, it's kind of hard to explain the feeling, but I started crying and at, for a split second, I was like, oh my God, these people are going to hear me crying, all these like competitive people. And I was like, oh, I don't give a sh- crap. Like, and just started bawling and just letting it out. All this like pressure to succeed and expectation and like all the things I've been holding since probably the last time I cried, maybe when I was like, I don't know, 10 years old or something like that. Yeah. And it felt so good. I felt so different after that. And I left there thinking like, I need to figure out what that is. Like whatever that was, I want to figure out what that is. Mm-hmm. So I get back to Toronto, I'm trying to find like, breathwork teachers and coaches and stuff like that. And they don't exist. You know, like mm-hmm. there's some like hippies from the seventies, like downtown, like these Kensington market, like kind of weird areas for me at that time, like to go into like. And what and year is this? This is 2016. Okay. 2017 around there. Yeah. Or more 2016. And, um, and I start breathing to music and figuring out a way to get myself there. And with a lot of trial and error learning from whoever I can, can, can get my hands. I started recreating it for myself, find this process that every time I breathe, like an insect would come try this, try that, change the BPM, you know, breathe a little bit deeper. Like here's the rhythm, keep going, do these kind of holds. And what evolved from there was elemental rhythm breath work. You know, and Crazy. so after I started getting to these spaces, I'm like, okay, like, let me see if it works on my friends and family. So guys, I want to try something, come, you know, and then like it would happen and they would have these experiences. And, you know, I spent some time, like I got to visit, um, Institute of Heart Math and learned about like these gratitude meditations and like from other work that I did around connecting with yourself and, um, around Ho'oponopono. And I'm like, okay, like every time I do this, okay, add this, put it in, it's going to work. I would do it and it would just create this, like, it kept getting more and more powerful and intense and amazing. And every single time I would do it, it'd be a different experience. And other people would share the same. It's like every single time we do it, it's, it's something different. We have a different insight or realization. And so I start sharing it beyond that. I start getting this class. It's, this, this people want to come and like getting filled. They're telling people, they're bringing people. And, and I'm like, okay, like at, at this time, I have like the food brokerage company. I'm into food manufacturing. I have a construction renovation company. I'm probably doing like three or four other like side hustles at the time. I'm starting to feel like, okay, I need to make a shift. Like I'm starting to feel this kind of like pull getting stronger and stronger where like, I can't. Like you got to let something go. I can't be in these places. I'm not aligned. I'm not aligned with the partners. I'm not aligned with the vision. I'm not aligned with the intention. Like, like I'm, it's, I'm feeling it, but I'm not understanding it yet. Like I'm just feeling this like separation. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I should get a space. And I used to have a space in high school when I was in a band where we just hang out. It's like a unit where we just practice and like all our friends would chip in and it ended up being a hangout where I'm always just chasing people to pay their rent in high school because no one wanted to chip in. <laughs> and I'm like, I want to create a, a more of like a spiritual hangout where, where I was like five, six years ago, what I needed, like a place to connect with people and to explore and to talk and all these kind of things. So I this crazy idea and I call my real estate agent and I'm like, um, I need to look for some spaces. I'm just curious. I'm, I'm not going to get anything. I just want to like see what's available and how much it costs. And I knew that I didn't want it to just be a hangout. There had to be a business attached to it somehow to create revenue to be sustainable, right? Right. And so we go to the first one and like no one shows up to show us the unit. And then we go to the second one. Um, the first one looked like a dump anyways. Second one is this like brand new building or like empty shell, like empty natural sunlight coming in the back. It's got an upstairs, downstairs. The address is 999 Edgley Boulevard, unit three. And I'm just like... Wow. Okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to sign a lease. Not even knowing what I'm going to do in there. I'm like, I, I'm just something was like, dude, these three, four weeks of my life is very blurry. Like something definitely took over. Um, and, 
and I, I recently was um, invited to, um, I was recently invited to do a, a breath work at a float studio in Hamilton. And the guy's like, Oh, floating. It's a great business. You know, it's up and coming. It's going to be really popular. And I'm like, okay, I'll try that. You know, like I've done one float before in my life before I started right. this. And I signed like guarantees personally with the bank to get this business loan. Like my, my name is on this lease, like all the things that kind of like tie me into this thing. In the past, I always had partners and I realized through this process that I was always had a partner. So I wouldn't feel alone. Right. So I always had someone to kind of like fail or succeed with me because I was afraid, you know, I was afraid of not succeeding from all the things in my, my childhood. That my parents put all this pressure on me. Sure. My wife's like, if you do this, one condition, no partners. I'm like, okay. Okay, ladies, I quickly want to chat about magnesium, a very hardworking mineral that just doesn't get the attention it deserves. And so many of us are deficient in this mineral. It plays a key role in over 800 different chemical reactions in the body, and it's involved in everything from DNA synthesis, energy production and metabolism, to muscle strength, nerve function, heart regulation, and even bone building. It's also really important to alleviate constipation if that's currently something you're dealing with. It's also a fantastic mineral that helps with stress, anxiety, as well as sleep. I love using the magnesium biglycinate from Canprev. I currently take 400 milligrams before bed. You may need less or a little bit more, something you'll want to play around with. If you find that you are constipated, you may need a little bit more of a higher dose. And if you are dealing with a lot of PMS symptoms and cramps, you also might want to take a little extra magnesium during that specific time in your cycle. I love the Canprev magnesiums because they come in multiple forms. You can take it in capsule form, liquid form, or even powder. So head on out to your local health food store or even search for Canprev products online. You can head on over to their website, canprev.ca, and check out all the amazing magnesium options that they have available. You guys have been sending me so many beautiful messages over on Instagram telling me how much you've been loving your medicinal mushrooms from Aversio Wellness. Now, you guys know I'm obsessed with my medicinal mushrooms. My morning go-to is the Awaken Blend, and many of you have been using this and adding it to your morning smoothies or your morning coffee. That's exactly how I use it. One scoop into my coffee, and I've got some turkey tail, cordyceps, and lion's mane. This is amazing for supporting mental agility, gut health, inflammation, and just a natural all-day energy. It's amazing for hormonal health and just so many benefits to using medicinal mushrooms. If you want to save 15% off the Awaken Blend or any of the amazing mushroom extracts over on aversiowellness.com, use the coupon code wellnesswitch and save 15% off. All right, ladies, a really quick interruption to chat about stress. Now let's face it. It's really hard to avoid stress altogether, and it's definitely one of the biggest triggers for why we gain weight, can't sleep, feel exhausted, have inflammation, or dealing with autoimmune, brain fog, you name it. I've created a five-day mini video course to help you heal your relationship with stress. It's called Your Stress Detox, and it's totally free. I'd love for you to sign up and start healing your relationship with stress today. Head on over to Holistic Wellness ca forward slash stress detox and get started today. So I do all this stuff and we go way over budget. 
we go way over budget. We, um, we, we go way over our timeline. I do most of the renovation work and contracting myself because I wanted to save money because I was in that business. For sure. And like, as it's going on, I'm getting more and more stressed. I'm starting to smoke cigarettes because the guys at construction are always smoking. I start drinking wine at night, like just to like ease myself and try to fall asleep. And I get into this really dark space where I can't sleep. I'm overworked. I'm working like 14 hour days, still running the other businesses, being there full time. And I come to this really like rock bottom about like accepting failure. And, and it was like this part of me was dying. And I was just like, what did I do? Like, I was so comfortable and I decided to go out and take a chance on something to help people. And this is what happens to me. So the universe rewards me. It's like mm-hmm. crushes me. I'm going to fail. I have to go move in with my in-laws or my parents. And I'm just like <laughs> losing like, it at this point. Just like your future tripping total fear taking over and stress and paranoia being like, um, not sleeping. And we finally open. And of course it's not like hundred people waiting outside. Cause I haven't really even started marketing. Now I got to figure out how to manage and operate this business. I've never managed or operated before market it, launch it and like do everything after I'm at the point of exhaustion. For sure. First month is super slow. And then the next month I'm just like, screw it. You know, I accept failure. I start to think of like, who am I afraid of judgment from? Like trying to think of which specific people am I worried that are going to say, ha ha, look at that guy. He failed. And to be honest, Samantha, I couldn't think of more than three or four. And of those three or four, I hadn't talked to them in years. I don't even care about them. Like there's no connection. So I had this false kind of idea based on this pressure that everyone's always watching me and everyone's really cares about what I'm doing and wants me to fail or succeed. And I decided in that moment that I'm just going to treat every single person that walks through this door as the most important person. That I'm just going to try my best to help them to be a better person, to shift, to learn, whatever. And what happened was like that day, like the next couple of weeks, a couple of employees quit that weren't aligned. Customers that were coming in just wanting a deal and like always like whatever, those people stopped coming and these new people started coming in and new staff and like the energy kind of shifted mm. in the most amazing way. And, you know, even when I was going through my craziness, this I ended up calling a psychic. So I was like, yeah, talk to a psychic. They'll, they'll help give you some clarity. And she told me like, hey, dude, you should probably not you should shut this business down if you can now. Like, I'm like, I can't, I'm in a minute. And she, so a few predictions she said came exactly. One of the float tanks came, it wasn't working. She told me that was going to happen. She said, we're going to have this huge flood. And that actually happened a few years later. Oh but my like, God. but like in that moment, I was just like, I don't care. Like if it's going to come, bring it, you know? And, and it shifted. And we finally started getting better. We finally started like, after like two hard years, we started seeing like breaking even or after that time, I didn't really put any more money in. Like it kind of like broke even. We were always kind of like just at the edge of like, I got to put more money in, but it didn't have to. And then COVID hits. Mm. And I'm like, give me a break, please. Like what's going on here? But when COVID happened, that's when everyone asked me if I could teach them how to do breath work because now I had the time. Like all my staff were like, can you teach us? And I'm like, the ego's like, Hey dude, man, it's your thing. You don't one does it. You sure you want to share this? Cause then it's not yours anymore. And again, like I had to sit with that and it's sure. pretty quick. Now, were you, sorry to interrupt, but were you doing, like you had the float tank business, but were you incorporating breath work in there? Yeah, I would have a class, one class a week. That was, uh, was my class. That was it. It. it was my class, one class a Got week. It. And I would do it. It was always full and there's a waiting list. And, and they're like, Hey, now you got to teach us. And I'm just like, I don't know. The ego's like, it's your thing. I saw so I meditated on it. It was, it was really clear. It's like, listen, if you want to help people, you got to teach. Like, this is not yours. You didn't make up breath work. You found a way to curate it in a way that is unique and right. you have to share that, you know? Yeah. So I did. And I, I, I remember the first manual it was kind of like a hack job. I never really taught anything before. And, you know, I had close friends that wanted to do it, mainly staff. And so we did it. And what shocked me was 
when they came back and shared their experience of how profound it was to lead, how to, to sit with their parents, their family, create that connection and bond, the feeling I got was almost as powerful, if not more impactful than when I was actually leading a class. Right. And so I knew in that moment, okay, like this is, you got to do this, you know, and it started evolving from there. You know, now we have like, um, well, I'll get to the second part. So it is evolving. Now we have like over 200 facilitators around the world and we create this amazing community. And um, it's just such a, an amazing, beautiful thing that came out of Elemental. And also at the same time, I was like, okay, I want to coach people. So I need to take some coaching course. So I take this online coaching course that was like, you know, like a six month program where I would like work with people, work with like other students and just learn how to coach, like do life coaching. I had to have a few practice clients. So one of my practice clients was, um, a girl I met when I was at the website that just came in. It's like, Hey, like, um, I have all these ideas. I love your website. I want to share. No one entered the email except me. So she came in. I'm like, Hey, like, yeah, let's try to do something together. Like, I didn't really call the shots at the website, but like, I wanted to collaborate with her. And we did some of those events together. I was telling you about when we first saw the Wim Hof video. And so I just randomly bumped into her around that time. She came in and, um, she's in the mental health space and she was working one-on-one with clients. And through our coaching, we identified that she had this huge waiting list. She had something that was unique and she could never scale past what she was doing. She was undercharging and, and, um, working too much. And so I'm like, yeah, this is, you know, through talking with her, like you should create like either a course or a training or blah, blah, blah. And so, okay, you have to partner, you have to partner with me. And I'm like going through all this stuff right now. And I'm like, I don't know if I can, like my wife's going to kill me if I say I'm starting another business or partnership. And we kept talking about it, kept talking about it. And finally we did it. And that's a whole nother story. But like, um, there's a part where that almost fell apart in the beginning, you know, a realignment happened. We had like a third kind of partner that I, I tried to bring in from some guy who told me he was like the internet genius of the world. And he was actually <laughs> not being truthful. Right. But what happened was his energy kind of created um, a realignment where we we almost separated, but in that almost separation, we had to really be clear with ourselves and communicate from our hearts and share our intentions. And that realignment created the personal development school, which is um, one of my main things right now that I do. Like I'm a co-founder there. We have like 5,000 um, subscribers and huge YouTube following and and all of these things were born out of this, this elemental space, which had this intention to create this community space that was able to allow me to create all these amazing connections and opportunities that are now such an important part of my life. And if I use my business mind in the time, I should probably shut it down like 10 times and just like took the losses and like, say like, give up, you know what I mean? Do something different. Totally. But I kind of stuck with it and all these amazing things kind of unfolded out of it. Um, and, you know, Shortly after that, you know, so we're growing both of those and all the craziness is Canada's happening around the lockdown. And, um, yeah. I had an opportunity to come to Costa Rica. I'd been coming down here. I was teaching at Rhythmia for the last five or six years and I would just come for a week at a time. And I was like, Steph, let's get out of here. You know, to my wife, like she was, I, I told her not to teach. Like, I, I don't want you in the schools with all this mask and crazy stuff. Like I don't want the kids in there. Like, we'll just see what happens. And like, let's go to Costa Rica. This is when there was like no travel allowed, but somehow we got down here. Mm-hmm. And... I was just like, okay, I can live down here. Like it was hard. The first year it was so hard. Um, I bet. Just it's such a change. And there is of so much course. beauty that you see on vacation, but when you're trying to like really adapt your life, but we came back again and, and the more we're here, the more we see how it's such a beautiful place to live and, you know, trying to figure out, you know, is this home, you know, where's home now? Right. And that kind of like brings us somewhat to today. I left out a whole lot of that, but that'll be in the book. If you guys want to hear about some <laughs> of the crazy, crazy stories, but. Um, you know, I've been doing just a lot of plant medicine, a lot of self-discovery and, you know, like 
the more I do that, the more I learn about myself, the more I learn about the things that make me tick, the more I learn about the reasons why I do the things that I do and why I struggle with certain things. And it's just been like this beautiful journey of being so lost and being so like in my head, thinking I was so smart and had all the answers to like realizing I know nothing and I'm still learning about myself, still healing myself, still letting go of the things that I didn't even know I was still holding on to. Um, and making a beautiful community here and a beautiful community online with our breathwork facilitators. You met me down here for mm-hmm. um, the elemental rhythm training and it was amazing to connect there. And totally. Yeah. I'm just, just going with the flow. And, and one thing, one last thing about the story was a few years ago around that same time, just before 2020, I read the surrender experiment. And it's a beautiful mm-hmm. story from Michael Singer yeah. about yeah. surrender. And I started understanding how I've been probably the most important part of my own suffering because I wasn't surrendering to all these things before. And like, as I now just said, like, let's wait and see how things unfold, how they realign. It allowed me to kind of like allow things to kind of come back together. Because if you're trying to go from point A to point B, and these are two very different lifestyles, two very different things, there has to be some breaking point to recreate something new. And I couldn't see that in my past. And then when I look back, it's like, oh, that happened. And then this happened. That had to happen. And then this happened. And so- you know, just using that as a lens through which to see the world now. It's like, okay, like things are shifting. If something feels uncomfortable, it's like, okay, be present. Don't try to avoid it. It's like, be patient, see what's, what's going to unfold. So um, such a good story. It's really, really good. Sorry. Were you going to say something? No, that's it. That's it. Yeah. Now has Steph, your wife, has she dove into plant medicine? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So at first she thought it was crazy and everyone else. For sure. Well, she saw the change in me and I, and, right. and that's what happens. Like people change their vibration changes. And like a lot of the people that at first thought it was crazy, you know, no one wants to admit when they're struggling or they're not having a good time, but they started seeing and they started being curious and they would start yes. asking me and I kept yeah. inviting her to come down and, um, and she did eventually. And it was obviously hard at first, she had no resistance, but totally. as she evolved, you know, like there were points when like, Hey, we met as two different people. And then I started going this way and she was kind yeah. of still over here. And then she starts doing her thing. And like during that, there's all of this kind of like friction, of like magnets coming together and then opposing. And like, there was some, yeah. some periods that were very challenging in our relationship. But as we continue to commit to working on ourselves, like our relationship now is like, I would never believe in a million years it would be like the way it is now, you know, and, and it took a lot of work uh, on yeah. both of our ends. And um, sure. yeah, she's had a really awesome journey as well. With, with That's medicine. beautiful. Yeah. I asked that question because I often find that you, you have a partner that is really committed to their growth and their well being, and you have a partner sometimes who's not, and then that can just cause like a lot of friction. Right. So I think it's amazing that, when you were this change that she was able to really witness and she was really able to step into that for herself. Yeah. And the thing at first was like, everyone has to do this. The whole world has to do right. this, you know? <laughs> right. But you realize like people have to feel called they have to be ready. Like you can't force yes. anyone to change. You can't make anyone heal or anything you can't, you know, you can, you can lead by example. You can share with them. You can, you know, like, be around them and supportive, but until they're ready to make that commitment to themselves, like not much is going to happen. It's true. It's so true. Mm -hmm. So with elemental rhythm breath work, so you took basically different components from different teachings and whatnot, and really just created sort of like your own methodology. Mm -hmm. And I'm so curious like what made you land on elemental and like t- going through like the breath and tying the breath work to that? 
Yeah, well, it came from the, our, our physical location, like Elemental Studio, which uses like different elements, like breathwork and fire and air. And as I was starting to breathe, I was like, again, these are insights in breathwork. It's like, yeah, like yeah. each breath can be tied to an element. There's different energy of each element and each breath associates with that, like the flow of water. This is a very rhythmic breathing. The fire is very quick. The earth is very slow. And it was kind of like something was teaching me or showing me like, I don't know who or what, my higher self, the universe, right. like. But something was giving me these very clear insights. It's like, try this. Okay, do that. Okay, like, and it was just like each time something would come together, I tried and it would feel really good. And I was just trusting that intuition. Um, and it was helping me get to these places, to, to these kind of experiences within myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was always like the affirmation. It was like, I had this feeling in my heart that was like, yes, like, this is, this is good. This is it. I love that. Yeah, it's so interesting because I even ask myself sometimes, like, why am I so drawn to breath work? Why? Like, I'm shocked that I'm so committed to doing my hours, my facilitator hours and getting friends together. And like, it's almost like something is making me do it. It's so strange. And I say that because I'm as, as you are, like, I'm such a busy body. I'm interested in all sorts of things. So to actually like commit to a thing and follow through because, you know, I'm reading 10 books at a different time or I'm taking a million courses at a different time. So to actually commit to something and follow through, it's so strange how sometimes I sit with myself and I'm just like, the fact that I'm actually doing this, like I committed to going to Costa Rica to do this. And then I've come back and I've organized all these events and I've even set up like live classes that I'm now going to be teaching this summer. Like I'm, I'm like, literally, this is not me doing this. I don't even know what's happening. And I'm just trusting the flow of where I'm being guided. Like I would have never told you in a million years back in my twenties that I'd be doing what I'm doing now. Like never in a million years, like, and, and sure. my friends kind of joke about it. And you know, like, cause they knew who I was before and they're like, oh yeah, we're selling tree hugs in Costa Rica, 500 bucks a tree. You don't get to keep the tree. Like they just like make <laughs> jokes about it, but that's kind of their way of like showing curiosity and like being of funny. Course. And, but again, like there's something that pulls you from the inside. And like, yeah. like I tell people, like if you choose to become a breathwork facilitator and you commit to it, it's going to change your life. Like I haven't mm-hmm. seen one facilitator yet that's committed themselves to it and their life hasn't been like extraordinarily different than it was before. Like there's not one. It it gets enriched in so many ways, the community, the experiences, the depth of relationships, the clarity you have, the creativity that starts coming into your life, the alignment with your purpose, like all these things start to happen. And so I don't know if it's like the heart that's kind of has a taste of this and it's like driving you. It's like, Hey, keep Mm -hmm. going. There's something really amazing at the end of this road for you. Um, But there's something there that pulls specific people that I see that come in and and just like take it, the bull by the horns and, and ride with it. And, Totally. And we wanted to make like, you know, a lot of the things I didn't like about um, the Wim Hof method was how it's amazing. I love Wim and I love what they're doing. I just felt you were, you were kind of ascribing to like their way, Wim Hof way, do it a certain way. This is like, you're like a Wim Hof minion. And I understand the structure and I understand why that's important to them to kind of maintain a kind of like certain level of like consistency. Right but that wasn't who I was, you know, I wanted to be myself and I want to share this in a way that was authentic. And so when we were creating elemental rhythm, we want to make sure that like each facilitator brings themselves into it. And it's, it's about as much about them as it is about elemental rhythm as it's about the people who are there. It's like this really co-creation that's happening where they can 
cultivate their experiences and curate something that feels good to them. You know, we create a structure, but it's like, how do you bring as much of yourself into it? And I think that in itself was so key to people really feeling themselves and alive doing it. You know what I mean? Cause they're so a part of creating the experience. Yeah. Um, this has been beautiful to witness and watch, you know, um, I bet as these things unfold for all of you guys, you know, yeah. and as it's unfolding for me. Absolutely. I love that. So do you ever sit with, well, what's next? Yeah, because I'm not busy enough. Um, <laughs> exactly. The entrepreneurial brain doesn't stop. So the one thing I've, I've, I've made a clear commitment to myself is only working on projects that I don't care how much potential money they can make. It's like, I have to be really clear that I'm aligned with the intention behind whatever we're creating. That's number For one. Sure. Number two is I only want to work with people who also have that same kind of commitment and alignment. I don't care if they're like the Wayne Gretzky of social media or yep. whatever, like, I don't care. Like I want to work with people that are, you know, heart-based that are intentional and that I really believe in what, why we're doing this. Not like how much money can we make? Cause like, what's the value we're going to create here for, mm-hmm. for people, for we want to reach. And again, through like a lot of these networks that I've built right now, the two new projects that are kind of coming forth is one is, um, we were going to start bringing intentional products from, from South, South America, from the Amazon that really give back to the tribes. So things like hape and, and different like lotions and herbal kind of tinctures um, that can really help people in the journey. I mean, you're not ready for plant medicine. Some of these products can help open that connection to the spiritual side of themselves. And you know, I found a need for it because I couldn't really find what I was looking for. And down here, I spent so many people who are so tapped into that world that also are looking to do something like that. So that's one project that we're just kicking off right now. Uh, it'd be called Sagrada, uh, is the name, which means sacred in Spanish. Mm. Um, so that's exciting. Um, we're still growing elemental rhythm, of course, and that takes up a lot of my time. And, um, the other one is, um, we've had all these amazing, we create music and it's something that I, I lost when I was in high school. I used to play guitar and loved it. And then for so long, I didn't play music anymore. And now I get to like create music again. And we're creating music for breath work with such intention. And we're meeting all these amazing like artists. Um, some of like were my, are my favorite artists that we're, we're starting to collaborate with. And, you know, we're, we're, we're considering creating a record label and, and the record label is very intentional, a lot of medicine music, a lot of collaborations where we can get different artists together in like a really cool setting to create music. Um, and we want to make sure that it's an artist facing label. So, you know, like, we want to call it, I think, reciprocity records or something like that. So it's all about mm. making sure that like the artist's best interests are in mind so that they have the flexibility and control with their music and what they want to create. And we're just really here to support them, to market them. And most importantly, we want to tell their story. We want to really share about like what inspired their music. How did they get to where they are? Like all the things that a lot of times with artists, you don't, you don't know that backstory. And we were at Envision Festival, me and my wife, uh, about a month or so ago. And... Uh, an artist by the name of Alex Sarah, who's now one of my oh favorites. Oh my god! I was he he wasn't even <laughs> on the schedule. He wasn't supposed to be there. He's my favorite. And so we're walking by, and my friend, he's also DJ Nada, and he's like, "Hey man, like, there's <laughs> a piece of tape there that says Alex Sarah. Like, I wonder if that's real." Like, so we found out that it was. He's like, "Okay, we have to watch this." I'm like, "Okay, I'll watch it." And it was a little intimate stage, and he comes on, and he starts just sharing his story about how when he was depressed and he left the States with a backpack and a guitar and went down to South America and he found himself. And the songs, he was talking about like what he was going through at that time, telling his story and they would play and it like blew everyone away. Like I was just like in like La La Land. 
Well, what happened was I connected so deeply with the music and him after because I knew his story. And we thought, okay, like when we when we want to like create a label for like a lot of the artists, there's a lot of artists down here that are amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to bring their story as part of their music and not just the music. We want to really share who they are and why they kind of create the music the way they do. And some people, their lyrics are, are private for themselves, which is fine. Right. Um, but telling as much of the story as they feel comfortable telling and really sharing them in a very authentic way. So that's kind of the... Um, the idea point that we're at right now is it's going to be like, what's it. next. Um, but for me, really what's next is really just surrendering, going to flow, really feeling into what feels good, really like being aware of when things feel out of alignment or needs to change. And um, I really don't know what's next. I don't know where we're going to be living long-term. You know, Costa Rica feels good, but I'm not attached to it. Right. Um, so we're just really, really going with the flow and, and seeing what happens. And um, one thing I love about the community is all these collaborations happening where people have these ideas, you know, like we're working together on a few things and other people it's just like, mm-hmm. Hey, like I find like for the first time in my life, um, before I felt like every business transaction was someone's trying to take something from me. Someone's mm-hmm. trying to win. Someone's trying to like profit. And now maybe I'm attracting it or I don't know. I feel such a collaborative kind of environment where people want to support, they want to bring value to a project. And and that just feels so good and different, you know, and totally. inspires me to want to like support others and, and to really see the best in people. And one of my recent experiences with Wachuma, um, I shared on my podcast, um, was how like earlier on in my life. And that's a plant medicine. For it's a plant medicine. Are, it's a yeah, cactus yeah. from Peru. Yeah. Um, it's usually a day ceremony. It's very beautiful. It's not as intense as ayahuasca. It's uh, very heart opening. In that process, a lot of people are talking about their family and talking about like, it was, it's interesting how every ceremony, the sharing circle really brings up a lot and connects the dots for you. But I saw how, you know, what a gift I had growing up that my parents believed in me and they taught me how to believe in myself. And I realized how important that was for me in my entire life. And even when they couldn't believe in themselves, when they were struggling, they still would believe in me and support me. And I was like, oh, what an amazing insight. What a gift. I'm so grateful. But what I, what I realized in that moment was that the actual gift that they gave me was the ability to, to believe in other people, the ability to see the best in people, the ability to kind of like not judge people for like, hey, you can't do this. It's like find, find the goodness in them. And, and I try to bring that into everything I do now, my partnerships, the people that I work with, into the, the facilitator training, because I see everyone has this untapped potential. They have to believe in themselves. If if they can't believe in themselves, it's hard to convince other people to believe in them. And it was like just the most amazing realization because it was like showing me like who you have become, you know what I mean? It's kind of like different environment, how to really nurture that and how to really bring that forth more. And, and even when like, it showed me how like sometimes this allowed myself to be vulnerable where people take advantage of me. And I saw that and I was going through something, especially at that time where I was like, maybe I should close this off. Maybe I should be more protective and not be this way. And it was said, no, it's, it's way better to believe in people and with an open heart than to walk around, not believing in anybody and always distrusting people. And sometimes you may get hurt, but the lesson is you have to also protect yourself to be able to set the boundaries where you believe in people, but always like, make sure like, Hey, like not everyone is ready to be in that space, you know? Yeah. Uh, and it was such a great teaching, um, that now I'm like, okay, I get it. You know, like I can believe in people, but I've got to just make sure there's a clear boundary sometimes, you know? Yeah, um, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and so, yeah. So that's, what's next. <laughs> I love oh, just a few things. <laughs> I literally jumped out of my seat when you said Alex era, because when we jumped on this podcast, 
my, so my husband is downstairs on his guitar lesson on zoom and he's playing Alex. <laughs> and that? when you joined the pot, when you came on the podcast, all I was thinking was, Oh, I hope he can't hear the guitar in the back. Like, is it loud? Is it too loud? And then I was literally in my head, I was going to be like, I should ask him if he even knows who Alex Sarah is. I do now. Oh my God. It's, it's so wild. I literally jumped out of my seat. Oh yeah. man. That's so awesome. Yeah. I, cool. um, he is legit my favorite artist and so good. You know, it's interesting with plant medicine. I'm always asked all the time, you know, like, what did I learn about myself through plant medicine and the teachings and, you know, all the things. And of course there's, there's a lot, but there's something I'm really grateful for to plant medicine for. And that is music. It Mm. literally opened me up to this whole other genre of music and these artists that I otherwise wouldn't have known of. Mm -hmm. And all we do is listen to medicine music. Like it is all I listen to now. And you know, that's something I'm actually really grateful for to plant medicine for it. Like just opened me up to this whole new world of music. And I love music, but this whole new genre of music that I, I wouldn't have otherwise found. And not only like, it's a whole new world of music. So I, I experienced the exact same thing. But in the experience, the music sounds different. Like you can feel the music. You can like see the music. And and a lot of these artists are, are creating the music while they're on the medicine. And what they say in the mm-hmm. ceremonies is like, they're singing to the medicine. The medicine is playing the music through the musicians. And they just totally. open this channel. And I've heard, I heard some musicians evolve over the years completely. I'll share a quick story if we got enough time. Yeah. Um, one of my earlier ceremonies, um, very small ceremony, very dark, dark in the sense I couldn't see anything. And some guy who's leading, all of a sudden I hear this voice come out of nowhere and starts playing guitar. And it blew me away. Like I'm like, like in tears listening to this guy play and sing. And ended up being this little skinny, little tiny guy from Colorado. And I was surprised that that came out of him. But in the experience, I was like, I wish I could sing like this. And the iOS like grabbed me. It's like, hey, you can. Mm. You just have to sing from your heart and sing songs that are meaningful to you and not trying to sing like other people and cover songs that are not you. And I'm like, oh, I can do that. And they said, yeah, like it kind of showed me like I was seeing images of like two types of artists or musicians. And one, one does it because they need that validation. They need people to see them and love them and like, and like give them that kind of um, validation. Right. But the other ones are, they're trying to express a feeling, to try and share an emotion, to try and like express themselves in such a deep and meaningful way. And as soon as it showed me that, I can immediately see the difference in, in artists I would listen to and hear the different voices of people, how they're singing it. Totally. And it inspired me to like, okay, if I'm going to sing, sing from your heart, not from your head or your mind or your voice, really find your voice. And I did. And I just, all of a sudden I could sing. Mm-hmm. And, and I would always see these musicians in the music and like, beaming with joy and like the sound is like so amazing. And I always wondered like what it would be like to experience that, you know, what it would be like to to sing on the medicine. This last week I got to experience it. Like Mm. how it happened is like a really funny turn of events and I'll give you the short form version, but in ceremony, um, this has never happened to me in like over a hundred ceremonies. I didn't even know how, if it's how it was possible, but I had an accident. So like, code brown accident where, where okay. I had to, 
go check the situation, realize it was not salvageable where I had to go to my room and get changed, take a shower and change my clothes. And that experience in itself was amazing because I just drank in another cup and I was super deep in it. I took a warm shower and just seeing the colors and feeling that that feeling was amazing. And I was laughing and singing and singing in the shower. And my, my intention was to celebrate life. So it kind of happened. And I'm about to leave and I see this brand new guitar that I bought for my wife, which is a nylon string guitar, which I bought because the musicians at Rhythm inspire me because they play that. And it's like just calling to me on the bed, like this light spotlights on it. It's like, come on, let's just play one song. And I picked it up and it played itself. It was just like the chords were coming, the lyrics were coming. And I just sang this beautiful song to Mother Ayahuasca about how grateful I am for life and for her and for this opportunity to experience life in this way. And I'm like crying and laughing. I, I was like there for 45 minutes. I could have stayed there all night. Like literally, I'm like, I, I got to get back before they start sending someone to look for me. Um, but, but to your point is like my whole perspective and the way I look at music has changed so much since I've started going down this path. And I'm so grateful for that. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> I can totally relate. Well, that was so beautiful. So many amazing synchronicities in your stories and just how, you know, things align. And I think that's just so amazing. And I think it happens for so many of us. I just think sometimes we're so busy and distracted that we don't even know how to pay attention to it or, you know, or just witness it or see it actually happening. And sometimes we miss it. So we miss it. My perspective on this, all the opportunities are always in front of you. They're always trying to get your attention. They're always trying to say like, Hey, like there's options here. Like, you know, you can see outside your bubble, like we're right here, but you have to be at that place of readiness to be able to see it. Totally. You know, and if you're so caught up in your head or focused on the past or, you know, all these things that are hard things to deal with our environment or worried and fear, blah, blah, blah. How much space do you have for clarity and awareness? Yeah. Not much. Sure. And you miss it. But as you start working and you start healing those parts of yourself, now it's like, oh, I can see. Wow. You know, there's, there's a lot more right in front of me than I actually ever realized. It's true. And um, it's a good reminder to anyone. And like, however you're feeling right now, it's like the truth is not so far away. And usually it's already within you, you know, and yeah. In my story, I, I was looking all over the place, all over the world, searching, searching, searching. And all the answers came back to like, hey, very simple answers that come from within me. But you have to have that realized, like the the binocular or like the thing just turns just enough so you get clarity and I can see it. It wasn't much of a turn, but it had to turn so your perspective changes and I can see things differently. Totally. I love that. Well, thank you so much for sharing with us today. Where can our audience connect with you? Yeah. So on Instagram is usually the best elemental geo. I'm on Facebook. You look at my name, Giovanni Bartolomeo. Um, if you're curious about anything breathwork related, elementalrhythm.com and we also have the personal development school, um, .com as well for personal development type courses and relationship stuff. And I have a podcast, which you can get to my link in bio on elemental. It's called elemental geo. Um, and yeah, those are all the main things that where you can find me. We're in Toronto, in Toronto. Come check us out at Elemental Wellness Studio. And I love hearing from people. So if you want to connect, reach out, say hello. Um, love to hear from you guys. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. We'll put all of that in the show notes. And yeah, that was amazing. Thanks so much for yeah. your time, Gio. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. Looking forward to what we can create together. Oh, my pleasure. <laughs> 
Thanks for tuning in today. You can connect with Geo over on Instagram at Elemental Geo. And you can also head on over to elementalrhythm.com. And if any of you are interested in attending any of my upcoming breathwork classes, I've been posting them over on social media. So you can follow me at Holistic Wellness Witch. And we do send them out to our email list, letting everybody know what is up and coming. So our next one, if you are listening to this in real time, will be held on June 29th. And we have a few scheduled for August as well. So don't hesitate to reach out if you are interested in scooping up one of the spots in my breathwork class. I'd be so grateful to guide you in a profound and transformative experience. Thanks for tuning in today. Have a beautiful day. Chat with you all next week.